Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. I'm here with Stephen Amoko. Stephen happens to be my colleague in Resonate Global Mission, and he leads our Timothy Leadership Training Programs. But Stephen is also a pastor. He's been a pastor for a long time. And so today we're going to hear from him about his pastoring, and particularly we'll look at um, his passion, which is counseling as a pastor. Um, So Stephen, why don't you begin by telling us more about yourself Tell yeah. us where you're from. Tell us about your family, your age. Yeah, I am. I am now. I am now 50, 53 years, and I've been a pastor for for twenty years. I started pastoring when 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 I started when I became a teacher, a secondary school teacher, and then the the students in that school had nobody to pastor them, so I started pastoring them. I am I am married with now seven children. That looks a big number, but in Africa, this is a very small number. I think I'm the one who has produced very few children. There are some people with the 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we, 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 our family is uh, stays. We have two homes, one in the village and one in town. So I'm pastoring a church in Soroti town, Soroti PAG Church, Pentecostal Assemblies of God is where I pastor. And I'm married to Sarah. Yeah. And the, the name of your particular church? My particular church is Nakatonya PAG, Pentecostal Assemblies of God. And that's where I pastor. Do you have a, a team that is with you there or you're we are, we senior are, pastor? We are, um, I'm the senior pastor and uh, we, I work with two other pastors. And then I work with a team of deacons, seven of them. And then we have another team of ministry heads. Those are the people who head the, the, the women, women leader, heads women. Then there's one who heads the men. Then there's one who heads the choir. Then there's another one who heads, uh, heads the, <coughs> the families. And then the, there's one who heads the ushers. And then there's one heading intercession. Those are the team, that's the team of people I work with. Okay. Maybe before um, before we keep going, tell us more about your work as a pastor and what do you enjoy most? As about a, uh, what activities as a pastor do you enjoy the most? As a pastor, I enjoy most preaching the word. Mm. And then having time with people, staying with people, pastoral, pastoral care. When you visit people, you, you, really, you really develop strong relationship with them. So that is where I enjoy most the preaching and then the moving relationship with people. That is what I enjoy most. But there is also, we, we in pastoring, there is also a very difficult part sometimes. The church sometimes can hurt. Mm. There are people who can, in the church, not all people will love you, the pastor. There are people who will not agree with you. There are people who will want you to be out. And they will do everything to sabotage every ministry that you do. And that's why that 
be, becomes a very hurting thing. Uh, for example, I have ever had a team of people that we, we had the Koreans coming to help us to finish the church. But then the Koreans put a stone uh, and the foundation stone was saying it was built by them. So they turned against the, the they didn't want the stone to be put there and they felt the pastors could have connived with the Koreans and to, they got money. And they brought, they, they brought a lot of conflict in church and they, it was a very hard time for us, the pastors, until, until we sorted that thing out. Then again, another team came, prayer group came, that did not want to be corrected. Mm. And yet they were, they were doing false prophecy. They are getting false teaching. They had. They were following dreams other than following the Bible. So when we tried to correct them, they didn't want correction, and they felt they said they were only listening to God, mm. and it's only God who speaks to them, not the pastor. So such people, uh, it gives a hard time to a pastor. I, I. It was very hard time for me, as I pastored that church. Until now, we, the, I took the, I reported the matter now to the bishop. So when the bishop also sat with them, he couldn't calm them down. They still felt they were listening to God. So what the bishop did was to expel all of them. There were 19 people, expelled all of them from the church. And that was very painful to lose 19 mm. people in the church. So, but uh, pastoring is very enjoyable, but also sometimes it is hurting. Mm. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. I think those hurts are everywhere, um, wh whatever country the church is in. But when you're going through those those challenges, the, especially those conflicts you mentioned, mm. and you start to get frustrated or discouraged, what keeps you going? What keeps you from quitting? <laughs> <laughs> what has kept me is the call. Because how I, I was called into ministry, I, I said I was a secondary school teacher. And then uh, I remember on the 20th of July, 2011, I was a pastor, but I had not received such a call. Then I had a voice telling me to come out of my profession and to go and do full-time ministry, to go and touch souls. So what keeps me is when I remember that it's God who called me, mm. not a person. That keeps me going. But otherwise, if I had not got that call, I would have quitted ministry a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, um, you, you mentioned that call, and I think uh, after you had that call, you had some more training. Can you tell us more about your, your training and education to be a pastor? Yeah, after, when I had that call, I first of all, it was a debate in the call because I was, I, I, it was in the dream. And then in, my, in the dream, I said, God, I was not going to be a full-time pastor because I was not trained. God said, I will train you in the way you go. So I decided to go and train on the Masters in Divinity. And when I trained on that, I, I now came back to, to apply for early retirement. Then I was allowed to retire and I came back, I came to full-time ministry. I have trained now as a, I trained on divinity and then uh, I am now training on marriage and family counseling. And that is a PhD or, or doctorate program? That is, that, that, that is now a PhD of, on, on, on marriage and family 
therapy is what I'm now train, training on because that is that has been my passion for a long time. Even before I became a pastor, I felt like talking to the married people. Mm. And when I became a pastor, I discovered there are, there are many marriages which are hurting mm. and they, they didn't have, nobody would organize any seminar for them, nobody would counsel them, nobody would talk to them and yet they are hurting the People are separating, people are divorcing in the church, but no one was coming. So I felt I needed to to do that as, as part of my specialization. I want to come back to the counseling in just a moment, but you, you said something about the dreams that you had. Mm. And yet also you mentioned that there was kind of a, a false teaching or a group in church that was following dreams. Yeah. So maybe for the listeners... Uh, what is the difference between the dream that you had and the dreams that these other people are having? Yeah, the uh, mind, the dream I had, uh, I, I, the message was very clear. The message says, I am calling you out of your profession to go and touch souls. And uh, and then uh, in the dream, I, I, I was saying, I can't do. Then the, the voice said, I will train you in the way you will do it. Mm. Then I, I, in the dream again, I said, I don't have the money. Mm. Then he said, I will provide. So after some time now, to confirm the dream coming true, uh, I didn't have any money for, any, uh, for paying for my school. And I decided to, I, I kept quiet. And I, one time there was a friend from the U.S. who was, uh, was in the U.S. Army. And he spoke about his he got he spoke his testimony how he left US US Army to become a full-time pastor. And his story was exactly mine. So during lunch I went and shared with him that I am I am also I have heard a voice telling me to leave my profession. I want to go and study, but I, I, I cannot pay for myself. But I've also tried to talk to my friends about it. Nobody has supported me, including my wife. My wife also said I could not go to become a pastor where there is no salary scale. How could I support the family? My children sat me down and told me maybe I was crazy because getting that thing and going to become a full-time pastor and leaving a paying job was was being crazy for them. I tried to talk to my friends. No one supported me. And only that man, that friend from the U.S., who, when he shared his story, how he left the U.S. Army. And then I told him my, my story. And then after, in the evening, he, I think he called his wife, and they, they agreed to pay my tuition. Mm. And I was fulfilling now what God said I will provide so I now started looking for a school to go. Then I got a demission, and, and really the friend paid all my tuition. That fulfilled that dream. And the dream I got was having very clear message and uh, straightforward. It, when you compare it biblically, it can be, could be supported with the, with the, the word of God. Okay. So the dreams that, that some of these people have, they are maybe uncoordinated dreams. And then they, what they do now is to, to depend on the dreams, not the word of God. Mm. So it is their dreams, they, they keep dreaming, and those dreams direct their way, ways of life, direct what they do. Of course, we believe that dreams, not all dreams, comes from God. Mm. 
God can use dreams, but also the devil can use dreams. And also some dreams come from our minds. So it is a matter of just discerning what kind of dream it is. Mm. So I, I, discerned in, I, I discerned mine and discovered it was really from God and it came to pass. And mm. that is why I'm a pastor now. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now let's go back to the, the counseling angle. Because mm. I know that's where your passion is and we want to hear more about that. So um, you're doing marriage and family therapy. Yes. Uh, and it sounds like you have a particular, a particular passion to help married couples. Yeah. What are, for, for those people listening who are from other cultures, yeah. what are some of the main conflicts or areas of, of need in, in marriages here that, um, that you would come in and counsel people about? Uh, a, a lot of a lot of conflicts that I have discovered in families is on the on communication. Uh, a lot of communications in the families are quite poor, especially in Africa, where the man is ahead of the family and is is really the man of the home. And when when the man is at home, is the father of the home. He has to everything he has to do. In, the wife has not to say anything because he's the father and is the man of the home. So sometimes they 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 become they direct matters. They don't they don't discuss with their wives and they even when they are wrong they want to be correct. And the poor communication in the families have caused a lot of a lot of problems in the families. One thing that recently I discovered is the is the infidelity. Uh, sometimes the most families are going through infidelity and they, they, as, they, as a partner, one partner cheats on the other. And sometimes they, people fail if fidelity is only on sexual relationship, but also there is emotional, where they, they, a partner may decide to, to go to another one, cheat on the other, and emotionally, they get emotionally attached. And they, this has come because of most people become too busy in their families and they don't have time for their families. Mm. And then and then the, the, the partner may decide to get someone that he can lean to. And that is what I've also found very many people are struggling with. And then and then of course uh, of course some people are uh, are, uh, are living in the in some some people are living in poverty and then Maybe the, the the husband is not able to to provide basic needs well, and yet is not working hard also, and that also has caused a lot of conflicts in many families. And and the worst is financial. When the husband is working, the wife is working, they fail to agree on their finances, and that brings conflict also. And many many families are hurting. They are they are living they. Some families really come to church, and they, you see them on Sunday in church, and they are dancing and jumping, and yet in the house there they don't share. Mm. Some have separated beds, some have they share their beds, but different, different, different bed sheets. There was one, there was one family where they they had a conflict for a long time, and then what they did, they have only one bed sheet and one and one bed, so. They could not separate the bed, though they wanted. 
So they brought a log and put in the middle. So that they share one bed sheet, but the log divides them. Mm. And they and they and each person is on the side, you don't touch the other one. So so those are kind of marriages that are found in churches today. But of course, of course, people don't talk about it. People even don't come for counseling, they struggle in their own and you'll only realize that they have separated. But uh, and yet there are many people in churches that are hurting, but they don't show off in church. They look very okay, they dance, they move together, they introduce themselves as partners, and yet in, internally they are not doing well. Mm. Yeah. How is, maybe you can help us understand, how do, how do most Ugandan pastors from any type of church, how do they normally counsel? What does it look like? And then what, what are you doing differently now that you've been learning some new things? The, the challenge in the, the Ugandan pastors, most of the Ugandan pastors don't do counseling. They do advice. They get these people, then they get very many verses and read to them. And then they, when they read the verses and then they pray with them, they advise them, they feel they have sorted the problem. And yet the emotional part, pains that these people have, have never come out. They may not even allow, give these people to speak out what they are, they are struggling with. And then allow these people to come up with their answer, what they feel the solutions best for them. But they, 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 they do reading more of the verses and then they do more of the advice, and then they pray with these people. And then they leave them and feel they have sorted the matter. But what when I went to, that is what I also used to do. I was an expert in advice. Mm. I would give advice and I think I've sorted out these people's problem. But when I went for training, I discovered there are deep emotional pains that advice can never work. Neither the verses in the Bible can sort them out. But when people speak them out together, say they cry out, they, they, they work, out, work out those pains together. And you walk with them in, in working out those pains together. You make them speak out the pains. Then they, that is the beginning of healing. And the and because many, many, many pastors also when they go and they counsel somebody and then the person opens up and sometimes the, some pastors, not all, some few pastors will use the, what they have got from the, the, the family mm. and they use it as a message in the pulpit. Mm. And when, when, when the, 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 the owner hears what the pastor is preaching, they will never open up to, to the pastors again. And that is a big challenge in Ugandan team of pastors, not keeping confidentiality. And many people have closed down. They struggle with their issues in the family and they don't speak it out. Because if you speak to a pastor, a pastor takes it to the pulpit. And tomorrow on Sunday, somebody is preaching a message and the, the topic is your message. Mm. So you don't open up. To. What I've now this learned is to keep the confidentiality. There are some things I don't share with my wife mm. because I fear my wife would also tell her friend. And she will tell the friend not to tell the any other person. The mm. friend also will go to a friend and say, don't talk these things out anyhow. And then you find the things are hard. So I make sure I keep the confidentiality. And when they come, I keep the confidentiality. And I don't give advice. Mm. I allow them to speak out their hearts and then bring out the pains they have and ask them what 
how best can they sort deal with it and uh, i sometimes bring them together or counsel them one-on-one -on -one, depending how they how the family has come up maybe the wife comes up alone and then when when i work with i walk with her through through the pains that she's going through i will also ask her whether she wants the husband to be there but when she agrees then we can bring on board the husband mm. and then when they work out their challenges they will you find they are healing and they will get back together very many have got back together that is the joy that i have yeah that's actually i was going to ask you next if you could share some uh let me say success stories of where you've seen god use you in counseling whether it's a marriage problem or or another kind of problem um how have you seen God use you? Not keep confidentiality. Mm. Don't uh, give us names or anything. But you can just share a general, general story of how God has used you. I don't know how to be where to begin from because there are quite many that God has used me to bring them back together. Uh, one one family was uh, the wife had become joined the prayer team, and then in the prayer team they were told they they. The voice of God, they say the voice of God was telling them to pray every day. They didn't have a particular dates of prayer. They would move from home to home praying. And then they don't, they, the wife could leave her home and she does not know where, the way she, the day she will come back to their home, her home. So the husband was left lonely with the children at home and they were struggling. They were at the point of divorcing because now the wife was loyal to the prayer leader not the husband. So when the husband came to me, I shared with her, him, and then he, he, he requested his wife to be called. So when, when, I, when we called the wife, we walked through how they are going. The wife was brought it is what these dreams that the dreams are the, the, the dreams that they, they could get then how they are the, the, the leader tells them to go. So when we worked it out, this lady already came back to her senses and then apologized to the husband and accepted to submit to the husband. And now they are living peacefully. Mm. She prays, but she doesn't move anyhow like the way she used to do. And the husband now is in peace. There are many other success stories that God has used me. There is one of infidelity. And it was, that was, was very bad because the, 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 the wife had gone. To an, with another man and then this they were just three three to four years in marriage they her boy still loved loved the girl so much but the girl the girl got another another security guard and then fell so much in love with the security guard and decided to to leave the boy so by the time the boy listened to the radio program that we have and then came personally looked for me and talked with me so i shared with him and i that in that one i did i did family mediation mm. and then brought them together they talked over and i allowed them to bring out the best solution whether they want separate whether they want what then they accepted to come together as husband and wife as as we talk now they are living peacefully in their marriage mm, it's great to hear. and that is that has that is the great the, the joy i have what i do is i don't use i don't i don't make them pay any money because most most counselors you you pay a session 
but I don't give them to pay any session. I do it as God's work. Mm. And that has very many people have called me. Now I have the phone. I do, I do counseling them on phone and they call me on phone. Mm. So it has been a very great, good thing for me. That's very encouraging. Um, but I know there must also be cases where you've tried to counsel people and you don't see the change you want to see. There are many where they, uh, there is one a police officer and uh, a police officer is, was married with the, married and they have four children and then they they separated because the man uh, committed cheated on her so they have separated <clears throat> and what she did also she also got another man so as the man was cheating she was also cheating mm -hmm. so they separated and uh, they they have separated now for over 10 years and now when I when I talked with her, she says she only needs her children. She does no longer need the man. And the man she has got is also a married man. We we shared whether it is it was okay for her to go back to her husband or stay with the married man. She says she is comfortable because this man she has got cares for her, loves her, gives her time, and that she has decided to go with. And uh, we have tried because I, I've never had time with the husband, but she she has completely refused. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to go back to the man because she has already got someone yeah. that she wants to live with. So that, that also, what I know is she's committing adultery with the other man. She's doing a wrong thing, but, but, but she has refused to change. There is nothing I can do. So in those kind of situations, um, it's quite depressing, you know, you, whether whether it's a situation where people refuse to, to change or maybe you see the pain that someone has gone through. How do you deal with that personally so that you, Stephen, do not become like so depressed every day with all those hurts that you're hearing? Uh, that, that is very, very common. There are some situations that are too painful and when you listen to them you really feel the pain also and uh, when i started when i first started I, I i was so much affected because i would come home so depressed i would come home with a lot of trauma i would get so discouraged and uh, but uh, by and by i learned how to cope up with them when they share the story i know the the pain was is for the other the other person i only uh, I put on her shoes to counsel her or him, but really those those issues are not mine. I will believe they are not mine. They are for that family. So that helps me to 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 cope up with them. But sometimes you'll find that the the the, the challenges that they are talking is you are also you are also going through in the family. That is the most difficult part to counsel because you are also going through the same challenge and you are now trying to counsel the the person in the same challenge. It is quite so di disturbing, but uh, God has always helped me to to go through them prayerfully. And when I come back, I, I do a lot of praying and do a lot of reading the word. That helps to comfort me. Mm. Yeah, That's great. Now, uh, you mentioned before that some pastors are maybe not counseling in the best way. Mm. Um, and maybe they're only giving advice yeah. and not listening so well. So do you have any plans to to teach other pastors how to, to counsel and how, how would you teach them 
in an effective way. We uh, have, have, have ever thought about that, but only that the, 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 the techniques of counseling is quite too detailed. But I'm, I was just trying to see how we could make it, I could make it and find where the, the, the pastors could be give, given them basic skills on, skills on counseling so that most of them are given basic skills on counseling and I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. I have been trying to collect material and see how I could simplify them to fit the people who have not gone through the, the, the course of counseling so that for, if one of them, they, so that when they are able, they should not be only giving advice and reading the words. Because there are some people who, okay, there is biblical counseling where you integrate, integrate the, 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 the Bible resources like prayer and reading the word. But it's not good to hurry to read the word before somebody has spoken, mm. has brought out the pain. So that the pain, the pain need to be dealt with. Then the word comes to, 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 to polish it. That 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 is what is we I, I feel we I need to share with the pastors. Then the other thing is on, on keeping confidentiality so that they they will be able to keep confidentiality. But I'm we am just trying to figure out how best can I simplify this mm. to to give basic training to most of the the leaders who are handling these people who are struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we've we've gone deep on the marriage issues. What are some of the other um, issues that you are, are common in Uganda, common in your context, uh, that you would need pastoral care? What are some of the common <coughs> issues besides marriage? Be because be besides marriage, the, 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 the adolescents are struggling. Mm. Uh, the adolescents sometimes, they use, uh, the adolescent's age is an age of where somebody is crazy and sometimes in, in other churches like our church, our church, uh, Pentecostal church, where we put people in church discipline, m most of the pastors have put adolescents in church discipline that they are, they, are, they are stubborn, they are disobedient, and yet it, was, it is the age, the, the period that is disturbing the adolescents. They, no, people have not, I think we have, few of the churches have taken time to, to put effort deliberately put effort to to look at look into the adolescence challenges that is the part that needs needs so much care also in the church and then the other thing is the children most of our children sunday schools many churches the sunday schools they send the children to the sunday school because they make noise for the adults but not because the children are being taken care of so sometimes they take the children with the with with somebody who has never trained on teaching children then the person will just go and make children sing they just play to keep them until the parents finish prayer when parents finish praying then they are released to go with the parents that is another area that needs needs much care to be taken to handle the children's children's ministry and then the youth ministry, as youth, especially those in adolescence age, those are areas which are so sensitive in our churches again today. Mm. And then, of course, the the other thing is the single mothers, those those especially mothers who have who have maybe lost their lost their marriages, and they are now they are now alone, single-handed, 
taking care of their children. I, I had a session, I just called a few of them one day in the church. And when we started, they were crying throughout. They had lots of pains that nobody has ever had. So that is the area, again, I'm thinking needs to be taken care of. Mm. Widows may be, the pains the widows are going through may not be the same pains that the single mothers are going through. But I've had experience with the single mothers that I, I really feel they need to be handled also separately. Mm. Yeah. Stephen, I have so many questions for you, but I think we'll have to plan a second, uh, second podcast because I want to get into issues of theological education, some of the challenges that are facing the African church today, but we'll save those for another time. Let me just ask you a, a couple more questions about yourself as a pastor, and then we'll, we'll uh, close it. So tell us about uh, your own prayer times, your prayer habits. What, just so people learn, what, what, what is the, the spiritual life of a pastor here? Yeah, it, it, the, the spiritual life of a pastor is very hard to, to maintain if you are not careful, because pastoral work makes you too busy. Mm. You 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 are getting calls to go and visit people. You are getting calls to do go and do what people want you there. There are burials. You have to reach burials. There are there are ceremonies. There are weddings. So you find yourself every day you are moving, mm. and you are not praying. And immediately you 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 don't give yourself time to pray. Then you you miss out. If you don't give yourself time for your family, then your family will miss you. Sometimes we pastors become pastors also in their families. They don't know their husbands and their the fathers in the family. So when he goes home, he goes home as a pastor. So when he goes home as a pastor, he cannot, he will fail to do his responsibility as the husband or the father. So we also, pastors also, as a pastor, you need to become the husband. When you are at home, you are the husband to somebody's somebody and you're a father to some children so be a father to ch children and take parental responsibility at home and take the responsibility of the husband then you can make it then having time to pray what i have done is to get a day in a week that i pray but even that i've struggled with it because sometimes you have got a day for praying and something comes in <clears throat> that is so sensitive that you need to take care of. But uh, I have tried to have a day to pray, and then and then and then sometimes I I decide to 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 go off. I have made it with my wife. We go off. Maybe we go to some hotel. It's very rare in Ugandan with Ugandan pastors for you to live with your wife. You leave home that you are going for a retreat in a hotel. People will say you are crazy. But we have done it, it works. Where you go maybe for a weekend and then you stay there, you pray there, you you encourage yourself from there and come back fresh again. It has worked so well with us. That is how I am able to, to manage having time to pray, having time to read the Bible, having time with the family. I... Uh, Back some some few years some few few years ago, I had a lot of work. I was a pastor. I was doing the work with the bishop's office. I was doing the work with education, and I didn't have time to pray. I didn't have time for my family, and I really had a problem with my family. My wife was very very hard on me. In a marriage retreat, she was very hard on me, and and I had to I had to come back and just change to have time with her. Mm. 
have time for her and have time for my children and then have time to pray. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to let me follow up on that because you brought up pastors being busy. Um, not just for you, but for pastors in general, how, how many burials and weddings might they be requested to go to in a typical week, an average week? On average week, it, come, it, it, it is not really, we don't know how many people die, but if very many people die in a week, you have to go to all of them. Mm. They, they expect a pastor to go to every burial. If somebody in that church has died and you're a pastor of the church, you need to or, go to the burial. Or a relative of that person in the church? I, not, not really. The, the relative of the person in the church, the pastor may not go. But if the member of the church and a close relative, very close relative dies, you, you are expected to go. And then, uh, and then like uh, if they are, like for us, we have an assembly in the, in the, in the Anglican setting, it's called a parish. So if uh, there is a, uh, maybe a wedding in the, in, the, in the sister church, in the parish or the assembly, you, you are expected to go. But that is not so compulsory. That one you can send an apology. But uh, the, what takes more time of the pastors is the, is the call from the Christians. Like I, I pastor a church of six, about 600 people. I really don't know the exact number, but we are five to 600 people. On 600 people, at least every day you receive a call and somebody wants you to go. Sometimes when even somebody becomes sick, the child becomes sick, they want the pastor to go and pray for the child. When there is a problem with them in the marriage, they want the pastor to go and counsel them. So every time the Christian wants the pastor to do everything, and by the time you realize you are you have burnt out. Is it that uh, people have a, some kind of special view of the pastor that they don't want another Christian to come, but they want the pastor? I think also I think also the mistake maybe we pastors are doing is the we have not taught our people the word well where people know they can be able to pray for themselves they can be able to to counsel a person in the family we we have sometimes we make people feel the pastor is everything the pastor is anointed man of god and god uses God is anointed and everybody wants to go and the pastor to go and pray for them. But uh, I think to sort this thing out, we also need to teach our people that God can listen to their prayer. Yeah. Um, you, you and I have talked many times about being too busy because both of us <laughs> struggle with that. But what lessons have you learned uh, as a pastor about how to protect your time and not get too, too busy? I have learned those ones in a painful way. <laughs> because I became too busy for my family. I became too busy for my family. My wife gives me a call and I would tell her to hold on, I will call you later. Then I don't remember to call her back because she works in another town. So that hurt her several times and I was doing it several times. I didn't know it was hurting her. So I... Sometimes, uh, uh, during, uh, on a weekend like that, my wife comes back on a weekend to live with us in, the, uh, in where, where I stay with the, all our children. But a weekend on Saturday, I am on pastoral care. On Sunday, I am in church from 6 up to 6. I come back home very tired and sleepy. Then I just rush. Sometimes you go home when you are tired, sleepy, and satisfied. 
So the, the food the wife has prepared for you, you don't have time to eat it also. And uh, it was, it, it became very hard for me. Uh, my wife never became happy with me. And then our relationship became sour. We couldn't talk as husband and wife in the house. We were always disagreeing until until she opened up and said, you are not the husband of this home. You are now the visitor. So I learned it in a very painful way. I have adjusted. Though I have not adjusted well, but I have adjusted. I have worked on it and I'm now there for the family. And I take the family as the first priority, not the church. Mm. That is what I do now. I have to take the, my family as the first priority. Ministry comes after my family. Mm. I need. I sort out things of the family first before I go and sort out things of the ministry. That has brought my wife's love back. Now she loves me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let me let us bring this to a close. We'll save uh, we'll save some things for a future time. I want to end with two things. Um, first. Is there any particular encouragement or message you would like to give to the listeners, knowing that many of them are from outside of Uganda, maybe from North America? Um, and then after that encouragement, you can give some prayer requests, how people can pray for you or your ministry, and then that will be the end. Uh, I think the most encouragement that we need to do the work of God. We, the, 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 work, the work of God is not food on a silver plate. The work of God is challenging. The work of God sometimes you get hurts, but we need to to need to do it because that is even Christ went through such pains, but he did not give up. He went through pains until death on the cross, but he didn't give up. So we also need not to give up in this work of work of God. In this ministry, we need to work work hard in it. As you work on it, you need to be prayerful so that you are able to 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 go through painful situations. Uh, a prayer request, I think, uh, I, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need to be able to adjust so much to have a lot of more time with my family. And then the, where, where ministry becomes challenging, where ministry becomes hurting, uh, I, I, that is the prayer so that you'll be able to pray for me. I be, I, to be strong in ministry, when things get tough, where the Lord strengthens you, that is the big prayer request that I want. Mm. That when, when, when ministry get tough, tough, I should be able to, to be strong and move on with ministry. Yeah. Good. Thank you so much, Stephen. This has been a pleasure. I hope we can do this again soon. We'll do a part two and look at some other deeper issues. Thank you. I will be on. <laughs> Thank you.